1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show hosted by me, Christy Dimitrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I am the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about me, my services, and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. And for those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. And today, I have a special guest to help me do just that, Pastor Bill Jenkins. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Pastor Bill. Pastor Bill Jenkins is the founder and senior pastor of the Church of Acts in Indianapolis, Indiana as well as the international bishop for over 30 churches in Jamaica, Africa, and Mexico. He is considered by others as a leading apostolic voice and has been recognized as a man of distinction by the Indiana Minority Business Magazine. He received the Mayor's Community Service Award and is currently working with other pastors and public officials to reduce crime and elevate Christ through leader summits and special events held at Bankers Life Fieldhouse and the Indiana State Fairgrounds. He hosts a weekly TV program on TBN entitled Generation X and is an accomplished author of several books. His newest book is titled 15, given the number 15 a prophetic voice to release a vision for success. I'm excited to talk about this book today, but first Pastor Bill, tell us something that I didn't read in your bio.
0: Wow. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on today's program. I'm really excited to be here. And I guess the one thing that you didn't mention that I'm probably most proud of is that I am a husband of 16 years, and I have three boys. And uh, they're 14, 12, and 10, and I get the privilege of coaching their baseball, basketball, football team. So in the midst of all the other things that I have going on, I love coaching their teams and being a part of their lives and just being a good father. I have some, you know, things that I live by in life, and one of those things is that if I'm going to be a good pastor, if I'm going to be a good leader, it's got to begin at home. So i got to be a good husband, and i got to be a good father, and so that is something that is really important to me in my life is, you know, taking care of my wife, loving her, and then being there for my children.
1: Mm, yes. Yeah. That is so important, and and that is one of the things is um, you and I were talking just a a little bit before um, we started today that, you know, I've been around a lot of pastors, and that is one of the things, I mean, being a pastor is such a, there's such a pull, you know, everybody wants a piece, (laughs) a piece of the pastor, everybody wants a piece of the preacher, and you know, I'm sure as it is just a struggle for me managing corporate life and all the things I try to do is really balancing that home life, so I love love hearing you say that, and, you know, it takes, a, it takes some work. My husband and I have been married for 20 years. We have two teenagers as well, only one boy, praise the Lord.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Might have to get with you our counseling session afterwards to talk about the boy child. Uh, but anyway, no, so it, it takes a lot of work. So I, I love hearing uh, you, you honor your family in that way. Well, well hey, it, it is what?
0: important to us, and, uh, you know, it's something that you got to prioritize your life. You know, they have yeah. to come. Even sometimes before the church, obviously, to me, God is number one. But then after that, I've got to be a good husband. I've got to be a good father in order to be able, I believe, to have the ability to speak in anybody's life.
1: I agree. Because, you know, and and it's funny, your your church is called the Church of Acts. You know, people see yes. what you do long before they hear what you say.
0: Absolutely. I agree.
1: And I love that. I love that. Well, that's fantastic. I can have you back again just to talk about marriage and, and family. So we'll we'll put we'll put a pen in that one and have you back to talk about that. Sounds but good. Let's talk about your book. Let's talk about your book. This is your newest book. Fifteen. Yes. So give us just a quick overview of what the book is about.
0: Well, the the book, the premise of the book is about the number fifteen. Every year what I do is I cast out a vision for my church to kind of give them a little template of different things that I'm going to be talking about, casting out, lay a foundation for success in our church's life for a year. And so back in December, I got alone with the Lord, and when I began to seek for His heart for 2015, I didn't realize that for five days as I spent in that little closet, 15 to 20 hours a day, and I was going to get a word, not only for my church, but I believe I was going to get a word for anybody who wanted to set them out, set themselves up for success. Now, fifteen is a number that is involved in sports, government, politics, entertainment, everything from the president to the pope, everything from Taylor Swift to Marilyn Manson. Fifteen is connected in that area tennis is uh, a sport where 15 is connected the first point scored in a tennis match is 15 major league baseball 15 teams american league and national you got the nfl which you know uh, has 4 15 minute quarters and then they have a 15 yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct and unsportsmanlike actually has 15 letters in it In the music world, in the entertainment world, you got Taylor Swift, Marilyn Manson, both of them sung songs about 15. Beatles, 15 number one albums. You have a restaurant called 15, a hotel called 15, a punk rock band called 15. Even the president is connected to 15 because he has 15 executive departments that we know as the cabinet. So I figured if 15 was that important of a number and that connected to that many things that it had to have a significance spiritually, and so that's what I began to seek out to cast out a vision for my church.
1: Mm. So how many times, okay, so let's let's talk the spiritual aspect of it. How many times is the number 15 mentioned in the Bible? And give us well, some 50. examples of, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 15 probably isn't one of those numbers that everybody is familiar with. You know, there are numbers no, in the I'm Bible. No, I'm I'm
1: thinking about it. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. don't think I remember.
0: Right, 15. and there's 31,000 verses in the Bible. Think about that. 31,000 verses, and one out of six verses contains some type of reference to a number. And so mm-hmm. numbers, colors, places, people, names, they're all important and essential, but we sometimes... We bypass the very simple things, the obvious things, to get to something else when it's really sometimes those little things that I believe God wants us to kind of research to kind of find out. And so we're familiar with 1, 3, 5, 6, 7, 10, Mm -hmm. maybe 30, 40, and 50 in the Bible, but 15 is not one of those uh, prevalent numbers. But when I begin to study the number 15, it is mentioned 42 times in the Bible And the number 15, if you study it out even in Hebrew, it comes from two Hebrew letters, which is uh, Yod and Hay, Y-O-D, and then Hay, H-E-Y. And those two signify the hand of God or the outworking of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. And so I believe that this is a year when we're going to see the hand of God move. We're going to see God begin to do some new things. And I believe it's a year we're going to see some paradigm shifts. And some things really begin to happen, not just in America and the world, but more importantly, part of our personal lives, I believe there's going to be a new direction.
1: Wow. So 42 times, what is some of the context of the number 15? Well, when you look at it like yeah, well,
0: and and you know, when I first started this, I didn't realize that I was going to get as much information as you know I I had received. But when I put those forty-two references down on paper, and when I write, I write longhand. I don't use computers. I'm still pretty old school. So I just put pen to paper. And when I begin to put those forty-two references out, I noticed a pattern. And that pattern was that all of those 42 references really revolved around five main themes. It revolved around addition and extension. It revolved around rest. It revolved around deliverance. It revolved around the church. And, uh, it, 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 it revolved around being a godsend or divine connection. And so those five things Every mention of the number 15 revolves around one of those five things. And then in my book 15, I expand upon that and give you greater insight from the Bible and connect it to why it's significant in your life.
1: Wow. Wow. So let's talk about numbers in general. Uh, do you believe that numbers have hidden messages behind them? I mean, Absolutely. You've you every off
0: yeah, every, every word in the Bible, every... Thing that's put in there, we have to believe that it has some kind of significance. One of the chapters in my Bible is I go through some of the significant numbers. For instance, when you see numbers, don't try to figure out the definition. Let them define themselves. I think we get in trouble sometimes when we try to put our meaning or, you know, try to put our stamp on something. Let the Word of God come alive and let it say what it wants to say. And so whatever you see, like, for instance, the number one in the Bible, every time the number one is mentioned, it's all about unity or beginnings, uh, singleness. You see the number two, it's about witness, support, and agreement. The number three is about completion and finish. And you say, well, Pastor, how, how do you let the Bible make the definition itself well all you got to do is look at the three great christian characteristics what are they faith hope and love in first corinthians 13 13 three offices of christ prophet priest king jonah was in the fish's belly for three days jesus's ministry lasted three years so you take that and you see where that number three is all about completion being a finisher number four is an earth-related number you got north south east and west four seasons Winter, spring, summer, and fall. The fourth book of the Bible is Numbers, which deals with the wilderness journey of the believer. There's four soils, according to Matthew 13, so four is an earth-related. Number five is a, a grace number or a favor number. Every time you see the number five, it's always related to grace. Six is the number of man. Seven is God's perfect number. Eight is the number of new beginnings. Nine is the number of the fullness of the Spirit or the fruit of the Lord in our lives. Ten is... You know, man's government, 11 is a number of offense, and so on and so on. And so in my book, I take a chapter and I expound upon that. But really what I'm doing is I'm letting God's Word define what those numbers mean. I'm not putting my definition on it. I'm letting mm-hmm. it define itself as we look at its significance in the Word.
1: Wow! Now you are you you are Santa Con, First of all, <laughs> my spirit is just leaping over here, and I know um, that's going to resonate with with the folks who are listening as well. One of the things you mentioned, I want to go back to really quickly. This time that you spend with the Lord, this you said you set aside five hours five days, fifteen to twenty hours a day. Yes, is that correct. Got you right. Yes. So for for people, because obviously everybody's not a pastor one of the things I personally struggle with is finding that time every day. Forget fifteen to twenty hours a day. Sure. This is where this is where Christy starts to venture off and then I'll have to come back, okay? But what would you say to people who because everything that you're sharing here makes such sense and I think any of us who've been in church for any period of time Some of this we've heard, you know, when you hit those critical, you know, years, those critical milestones, oh, it's 2014, and that means blah, 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 and it's 2007, and that means, that's when we, a lot of times we really hear about the numbers, but for people who really um, don't know how to study and get to this place of letting the Bible speak to you and telling you what it means, what would you recommend? How do you recommend that people study the Bible? And talk don't talk pastor level, talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I understand that everybody don't have 15 to 20 hours a day. And by the way, I don't have 15 to 20 hours a day, you know, (laughs) to to do this. But this was a, you know, a short period where I was just totally consumed and could not stop writing. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've done, even since I've been a young man, when I gave my life to the Lord when I was a teenager, was I had to learn to discipline myself and prioritize l- my life. I had to set some goals and then put some deadlines to those goals in order to be successful. I don't want to just, you know, go through life and, and just, you know, hope something good happens. I want to help to dictate my future by disciplining my flesh and doing the right thing. And so you've got to organize your life. I, I can't stress the people enough. It, it may seem simple. I don't know. It may... Be a very difficult thing for a lot of people to initially start doing, but you've got to start somewhere. You know, I pattern my life out. Every morning I get up, I have my time with the Lord. When I have my time with the Lord, I get my kids up. I make my kids breakfast every morning. That's an important thing for me. I get my wife her ice water and I make her coffee and I put a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I give her time to spend with the Lord and so I prioritize my life. Then I go into the office, I do my work things, I take care of a full day's work, and then I, you know, coach my kids or have evening services or have other activities with my family. I even incorporate a date night into my life with my wife. I haven't been married 16 years. She's not just my wife. She's still my girlfriend. I mm-hmm. still date her every week. We have family time. And so you've got to discipline yourself to organize your life and organize it by prioritizing what is really important. And so you've got to make time. The time isn't going to find you. You've got to find the time. And you've got Mm -hmm. to pencil it in. You've got to discipline yourself. You've got to make sure that you do whatever you can because once you do it and you see the benefits of it, you'll want to do it every single day from the moment that you begin and start seeing results.
1: And that is so true. Uh, you know, a lot of people who l- look at—I mean, I, I read your bio and I went, "Wow," which is why I was—I was loving hearing you talk about your—you know—your wife and your kids and all the things that you participate in. Because if you look specifically at your bio, you go, "How in the world can he be married? How in the world can his kids even know him?" You know, because on paper, you got—you got a lot going on, Pastor Bill. I mean, you have a lot going on. And God gives us the grace to do those things that He that He purposes for us. But you're exactly right, and and a lot of people look at even the little bitty things, you know, that I don't think that are that much to to look at. But they look at all those things and they go, "Christy, how do you do it all? You know, you work a full time job, you do this, you do that. How do you do it all?" And I always say, you make time for the things that are important to you, which is exactly what you said. It's about discipline and it's about prioritization. So. In those areas where I continue to struggle means I haven't possibly you know prioritized them is that would that be an accurate statement?
0: Yeah, it really is you know one of the things I do and it's so simple, you know, but it works for me is you know just the little monthly calendars, forget all the mm-hmm. you know big time stuff that you can buy and spend money on and all that and that's wonderful. I just get simple little calendars that my secretary prints off the computer for me, and then every day I put on there things that you know I need to do things need to get done. It might be just as simple as you know I'm going to bless my wife today. you know I'm going to mm-hmm. outserve my wife today, and you know you have to be you know not just practical about what you do. you have to be you have to make a concerted effort you know you you have to predetermine um what you're going to do in advance because if you don't, there'll always be something there to steal your time. There'll always mm-hmm. be a dream safe. always be a time safe. There's always going to be something that can rise up. But if you prioritize your life, there's many times on a Wednesday night I get done coaching my middle son's basketball team and I'm running from the basketball court at 7 o'clock to drive 15 minutes to get into church. Once the praise and worship is done, I get in the pulpit and I preach. You know, nice. you have to be committed to Doing things and prioritize stuff. If you're ever going to be successful, if you're ever going to make a difference, and if you're really ever going to have the kind of life that you want, you got to quit making excuses and blaming others, and you just got to get down to it and do what needs to be done. Prioritize your life, and I think everybody, when they do that, they'll see they'll have greater success.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, um, one of the one of the uh, things we, we you've mentioned too is. You know, well, we talk about the number fifteen, and you talk about you have three boys. I have one who's about to be fifteen. Mm. Is there any reference to fifteen-year-olds in the Bible? Well, how-
0: you know, I'm about to have a fifteen-year-old myself. You know, he was born in 2000. This is the year he's yes. going into fifteen. And uh, uh, to be yes. honest with you, to be honest with you, that's one of those things. You know, the Lord had given me a word for my fifteen-year-old son. The Lord woke me up one night and. You know, I thought I was done with the book, and I went into my closet, and as I began to pray, I began to see different teenagers in the Bible. And it kind of saddened me at first because the first murderer in the Bible was a teenager, and his name was Cain. And when I began Mm -hmm. to look at that, I thought, oh, Lord, we've got to really do different things to, you know, kind of help our teenagers and encourage them. And then I began to see in Genesis 29, Leah was a teenage bride who felt unused in love, she battled jealousy, insecurity, and depression. Joseph was a teenager when he was betrayed and when he even resisted sexual temptation. Miriam saved her brother, Moses, when uh, she was a teenager. Jonathan was a teenager when he uh, gave up the throne to serve his best friend David, even Esther won the heart of a king as a teenager. And so you can go on and on and on. There's many teenagers in the Bible, male and female, young and old, I mean, that we can learn from that can help us to really pray for our teenagers. Every Friday night at our church, we have a club. As a matter of fact, we've started clubs all over the city of Indianapolis, north, south, east, and west. We've worked with other churches, the mayor, in the police department, and what we do is we have foosball, ping pong, air hockey, we have full court gym, we have food activities. We try to get these kids off the street because we understand, mm-hmm. and I believe that teams are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. If we don't get them today, mm-hmm. there won't be any tomorrow. Exactly. And so we've exactly. got to begin to impact them now and let them know that we care about them, we love them, give them opportunities, quit telling them what they can't do, and start giving them some good things that they can do so they can enjoy life, enjoy the Lord, and not get in trouble and do things that can really destroy the rest of their lives.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. And you're right. That is so important. And, and yeah, and today there's so many more temptations. I, I'm guessing you're similar in age to me. We won't say any numbers. We <laughs> won't <laughs> <laughs> say any numbers on that one. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it, but life, it just seemed, and I'm, I know we have the same temptations. I mean, there's truly nothing new under the sun. You know, There's really right. nothing new under the sun. And any question you have today, you can find it in the Bible as a solution. And it happened before. Um, but it does seem that the, the temptations come so quickly and so easy. They're so accessible, much more accessible than they were sure. when I was a kid. And I got in my you know, fair share of trouble. But, you know, it's just a whole different world. And as a parent, you think about how do you navigate, how do you... How are you still relevant? You know, Mom, you don't understand. Well right. kinda no, you're kinda right. I don't understand that part. But in the grand scheme of things I still understand and I think that's that's a challenge as parents these days is raising but, kids in a very, very different environment. I mean completely yeah. different environment.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it is the, a great it is a great challenge. I don't know if there's anything more difficult in the days that okay. we live in in order to really be a good parent, anybody can show up and, you know, do a few things, but I mean to really parent them. You know, I always tell my kids when they don't like the decisions that I make that I'm not here to be your friend. You can find friends, but I'm your dad. I'm your parent. You can't just have anybody as a dad. And so my job is to lead them in the right things, to be a part of their life, and really to show them the way. You know, I don't want to just finger point and sit down and tell them what they're going to do. I want them to know that in making good decisions, their good decisions will determine their good destiny. Good decisions, good destiny. Bad decisions, bad destiny. So I try to teach them early how important our decisions are on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Well, we are getting very close on our time, and this has been powerful, as I knew it would be, um, and timely. But um, tell, before we before we kind of wrap up here, though, how long did it take you to write the book?
0: Well, and believe it or not, I wrote it in five days, and the, so okay, the five you know,
1: days, okay.
0: <laughs> and and it was actually published in fifteen days, so it goes along with that number of the book, and so it's a really great book. I take you through every book of the Bible that has a chapter fifteen. There's 19 in the Old Testament, 8 in the New Testament, 27 out of the 66 books have a 15 chapter, and I give you a little word on each of those chapter 15s, plus give you the five main things that 15 revolves around that set you up for success.
1: That's good. So how do, well, how do people get your books? First of all, tell, tell us a little bit more about your church, and then tell people how to get your book.
0: Okay, well, the church is called Church of Acts. It's not only from the book of the Bible, but ACTS is an acronym that stands for Anointed Christians Tormenting Satan. So what we want to do is pull down the enemy's strongholds, and we want to do things to build the kingdom of God. We have a lot of activities, including food giveaways. We minister to the veterans. We have youth nineteen clubs. We have services Sunday mornings at 10, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We're actively involved in the community, working with the mayor, the police chief, working with other churches here to make the city of indianapolis a great city and this is a book that i'm a believer in because i really believe it's going to help set you up for success so anybody out there that needs to lay a foundation for success anybody that's interested in some great rhema revelation from the word of god then i want you to go to amazon.com go to ebook kindle go to barnes and noble website they have it all over, including my website, www.churchofacts.org. It's churchofacts, A-C-T-S, dot .org. You can get all of our books on there. We have manuals that other people, other churches, even businesses use, and we have our books on there, including my new book, 15. So go to those, Amazon, go to ebook Kindle, go to Barnes & Noble, go to my website, www.churchofacts.org, and get my brand-new book, 15. I know it'll be a blessing to you.
1: Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Pastor Bill, again, thank you so much uh, for, for being a part of the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Dimitrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at C. Dimitrykis, and I have two Facebook pages, Faith to Conquer Fear and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.